Prepare to enter the Elf Tree. Dive into the abyss with the Millie McCormick listening hour. She's gonna come and kick your ass. That's when you're finally up at the rink and you just turn real quick and your and hair flings by. And I'm wearing like this great thong one piece that yes. I'm wrestling. Yeah. Yes. Millie, Millie and your trainer slaps your ass at the at the downbeat. Yeah. yeah. And obviously my body's covered in oil because I'm gonna wrestle with another of woman. Course. But so, your trainer is you know, Dobby I'm, I'm from Harry Potter. Are you receiving my transmission, or am I speaking to myself? Good. Welcome to the undisclosed location of nowhere. We broadcast for you. Definitely. It's uh, it's outrageous. I don't remember everything we said. That was definitely a while ago. So, Well, we're rolling uh, high with some cupcake. I hope you don't mind if that's... The best of wines. It's what I found in here. So the I'm, best of wines. No. I didn't know there was going to be wine here. I would have been here a lot sooner. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> I would have raced over, you know, turn off Scandal on my Hulu key. <laughs> what is that? What is Scandal? Yeah. Did you really just ask me that? Yeah, you, I don't know what that is. Do you live under a rock, Joe? Sometimes. Scandal is a very popular television program produced by Shondaland. Cheers. She is queen. Who's Shondaland? Shonda, indeed. She brings us a lot of good entertainment. What? Yeah. I feel really left out you right now. You strike me as like not like a mainstream TV guy, you know? I haven't had cable in so long. It's mm-hmm. all Netflix for me or into YouTube. Right. So you're probably like really into like weird British detective series, you know? No, you not like... really. Not since uh, Sherlock Holmes, the original. I kind of, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. it devastated me with realizing investigators don't really wear what Sherlock Holmes wears. And so I felt really uh, betrayed. Sometimes life is really hard when you have to face the truth, you know? <laughs> well, what is this show about? What's... Uh... Scandal. Oh my Scandal. god. I can't believe you don't know. I feel like everyone knows what the, uh, it's Carrie Washington, this beautiful, powerful, sexy black woman who is mm. like a fixer in Washington. What's she's a having fixer? A, a fixer. She like fixes problems. Like, oh. oh, I murdered my wife and I'm a senator. She covers it up and she fixes oh, it. Oh, she's the cleaner. Like yeah. the uh, she swoops in and takes but care of the mess. But she's fucking hot and she always wears white and drinks a lot of red wine and she's having a scandalous affair with the president of the United States. <laughs> Played by Tony Goldwyn, a.k.a. that guy from Ghost that tried to, you know, screw over Swayze and Demi Moore. Oh, man. The only thing I remember from that movie is Hands and Clay. Oh, that's the scene where they've got Unchained Melody in the background and they're making the pot. You know, I took a pottery class once. It was not quite like that in real life. What was it like? It was you... n- messy and not very easy, <laughs> and there was no man behind me helping me form the clay. Do they give you that old thrift store button-up that you put on backwards? You know, it's like an old No, I think they expect snap. you to bring your own. Oh. I didn't have Demi Moore's costume. A bring-your-own-apron? Yeah, what is that? No, Worst that's not... class ever. <laughs> I'm Joe, and uh, I'm sitting here with the lovely Nora. Oh, wow. Jobbling. I don't a, think we... We took a while to introduce ourselves. It's like the longest intro ever. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Damn. We know they're really listening now. How long has it been since we have hung out in, in this format? Forever. With headphones on and... Forever, and ever. 
It's been a while. Yeah. I think it was. been busy. Yeah. What have you been up to? Like, you've been movies and all sorts of shit. I'm really busy and important, so you're welcome. I just kidding. It took lots of uh, schedule moving. Uh, your people kidding. and my people had to <laughs> do so much uh, right. wiggle. I don't know. My don't assistant know. is out there tapping her foot, like on to the next. Let's go. <laughs> I feel like every email I ever send is like, no, my fl- my schedule is flexible. You just tell me what's good for you, and I'll move all my shit. My schedule is frighteningly flexible oh. sometimes, and then sometimes it's really not. Um, I was just working on pilot. I was doing, I was helping out with casting on a pilot for CBS, and that was really fun. Nice. What show? It's this new pilot called The Half of It, and it's about a guy who is getting divorced, and he finds out he's going to get to keep half his money, which is like the best thing he's ever heard because his wife always spent all his money. (laughs) So half the time, he's like this excited new single guy, like in the world with his money, and the other half, he's like a part-time single dad and, you know, overwhelmed with that responsibility. And then he has these three like super hipster neighbors. Um, What's like uh, like the little mustaches and yeah, the suspenders and the whatever. It's very funny. Super. The cast is outstanding. They're so fucking funny. That's I cool. Tell you. And it's all up and comers. It's like all. Oh hell yeah, man! Yeah. There's no like famous faces in it, and they're really fun. I really hope it gets picked up. If uh, if it doesn't get picked up, is it something that could like shoot over to Netflix or something like that? Like, you know? No, unfortunately. That's not how network TV works right now. Uh, the whole process of how television works right now is kind of like shifting around. Oh. But at the moment, with network television, they still do it the old school way, which is they'll pick up a certain number of pilots. They'll put a lot of work, time, and energy into making those pilots. Then those pilots will go into review during May, June time, and through various you know viewings and test audiences and whatever else they do network executives they decide which pilots they think are worth putting through to series so then you know a handful of the pilots not even the majority of them will get put through to series and they'll get like a certain episode order sometimes it's only five sometimes it's a full series or a full season it depends on what they decide but even then once the show goes to series in the fall it could get canceled after like three episodes you don't even know it's like nail biting the whole time dude it's so fucking nuts. Like, in watching these actors just try to get a role on a pilot, yeah. a pilot that you don't know if it'll ever get shown to the world, that you don't know if it'll ever get more episodes ordered, it's like the fucking Hunger Games. Oh, it man. is like actors going through, like, auditions, callbacks, producers, this test, that test, like, narrowing them down from, like, seven to four to three to one, and it's just, like... And you get to deal with all of it. Yeah. You're it's, seeing... It's so weird. Is it nerve-wracking? Like, what is it... Because you, you do casting, but you also act. So you do both yeah, sides of it. I do. Um, you'd think that working in casting would have deterred me from acting by now, but I must be crazy. Um, <laughs> We're all crazy. Don't worry about it. Yeah, that's true. Um, no, I guess it gives you a realistic idea of how it all works, which is comforting. But it's also, it is nerve-wracking. Like, watching some of the girls go through... Like, I remember one day we had seven girls do a chemistry read with the lead guy. And that same day, got knocked down to four girls who went to a studio test. And then that later that afternoon, three of them went to a network test. Oh, and the next day, one of them got it. I just remember watching all of these girls who were all so talented and all wanted it really badly and all could have been great. And just watching them just get, like, knocked off. Oh, gosh. <laughs> like contestants. Yeah, it sucks. Oh, man. You see so many fucking people come in, and they all want it. Everybody wants mm-hmm. it. I'm sure there's some people that don't want it. They just are kind of there, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, like the trust fund babies that are like, I won't get a real job. I'll just be an actor. 
And then the <laughs> so rest they've got of a good agent. Like, get out of here. Oh, man, <laughs> shit. Yeah, people come from all over the place because I don't think... I don't know. You're not from here. I'm from the Bay Area, so... Okay, well, you're San from Francisco. California. I am from California. I'm one of the few. It seems like most people I know are not from California. That's what I was going to say. I don't know anybody here, really, that's from here. You know what's funny? I don't either accept all of my extended families from here. So all of my... Because my mom grew up here. And all of her family is still here. So, like, my aunts, my uncles, and all of my cousins live in L.A. and are, like, born and raised L.A. their oh, whole nice. life. And they're the only, like, L.A. natives that I know. Dang. They're my family. And so when I was growing up, we used to come visit here to see them. And, like, now, like, I was just, I'm going to have lunch with my cousin tomorrow, you know? That's like, cool. Go see the law office she works in in Pasadena. And, like, we're going to have lunch. And it's just, like, it's She's going to show you all the mahogany in her office? Yeah, man. That's so cool, man. That's, yeah, I, like I don't. I've seen people's careers outside of entertainment. Oh, yeah. It's, it's <laughs> a lot more, uh, do you think it's more serious? Or? I, people take themselves <laughs> pretty seriously in our business. Yeah, I was going to say that. It seems like... Uh, Music and film. Oh, yeah. It's all yeah, serious because it's all about money. Everyone's dealing with money. So That's there's... what's funny to me sometimes, though, working in casting or writing or acting or any of the things that I do is like just like listening to people talk sometimes. You'd think that we were like saving lives oh, the way geez. that people like take their jobs so seriously, which is good because you should take your job seriously and should be passionate about what you do. But sometimes it gets very intense and I'm like, guys, we are not brain surgeons. Yeah. We are making television, <laughs> which is fantastic for us, but so, <laughs> let's all take a step back. Let's all just settle down, go, let's meet at catering. And uh, right? I guess when you start a pilot, how long does it take from the second a show is greenlit mm -hmm. to finishing it up and all right, now we just wait and see what happens. That's a great question. Let's start. Let's back that question up oh, because shit. back that shit up. As I think you might know, right? <laughs> back that ass up. That was totally inappropriate of me, and I apologize. Um, I shouldn't do that. I'm offended. I'm gonna leave now. <laughs> I think this session is over. <laughs> She's I'm drinking done. more wine. She's I'm downing done. all the wine. <laughs> She's chugging the bottle. She put a straw in it. She just took the entire bottle. Nor brings her own straw. Yeah. Everywhere I go. It's oh, you have wine here? Yeah. Just, just put the bottle right there. It's one of those loopy straws. Absolutely. You have to sit like 15 feet back from the bottle. It's the only way I know how to drink wine. My mother taught me. Um, no, so as you, I think, know, I'm currently writing a pilot with my writing partner that we are in the process of trying to put a pitch package together to create. So... I'm also fascinated by the process of pilots right now in general and the difference between a network one, which does the whole, like, make a pilot, don't know what's going to happen, versus, like, a Netflix option, which mm -hmm. is pick it up for a season at a time. But uh, as far as the pilot I just worked on goes, I don't know specifically when the producers hopped on board or CBS hopped on board to get the pilot. I would imagine... It was pitched sometime in the fall, mm -hmm. and everything was locked in by the new year. Casting got assigned to it around January. It filmed in April. Um, it'll go through all the tests, everything, May, June. And they should know by June if it's going to series or not. So, Where did this show film at? Uh, CBS Radford, which is like right oh, nice. up the street from where we are right now. Oh, my God. That's where I was right around the corner. The couple months, yeah. Did you enjoy it? Do you like being around that energy? Oh, yeah, so fun. What was your daily thing when you'd go over there? Well, so the office that I was helping out in, they also do casting on a show called The X's, which is on TV land. Um, I'm the worst. I'm like, No, you know what? No one's ever heard of it, and it's a real shame because it's a really funny show and has an amazing cast. It's got um, Donald Fajon from Scrubs mm -hmm. and Kristen Johnson, who used to be on Third Rock from the Sun. 
Wait, wait, who was on Third Rock? That the tall blonde chick from Third Rock. Oh my gosh, dude. she's so funny. And then uh, Wayne Badass. Knight, who used to be on Seinfeld, and he was the guy in Jurassic Park that tries to steal the dino eggs, and then the uh, Dennis. Yeah, he's a dude that uh, gets the black tar. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, he's on it. It's like it's got the funniest cast of all these amazing comedic actors, and nobody has heard of it. And I just I'm baffled by that because I think it's a really funny show. Is it kind of the the role everyone wants to get is something on a, like a on a TV show that would be a multi-season? I mean. Obviously, that's a huge success for an actor. I mean, absolutely, yes. However, I do think that different actors have different types of aspirations. You know, there's a big gap between film and television, and lots of actors are lucky to cross between the two, but it's not always easy to do. So I think maybe some actors, their their goal is more to focus on the film side of things versus the television side. It also used to work really differently. You know, it used to be in the industry that that television was like a completely different tier from film. Like, you know, you're a TV actor or you're like a film actor. Mm-hmm. And that was very glamorous. And the goal for everyone was eventually to be the film actor because that's where you get taken so seriously. And now it's very muddled because lots of film actors do TV and TV works in so many different platforms now that, you know, you look at True Detective and you've got Woody Harrelson and Matthew McConaughey, mm-hmm. these amazing film actors. But they just did a season on HBO, and it's it's not like they committed themselves to season after season of TV. So, I don't know. Every actor seems to... Some actors scoff at the idea of what the guys do on the X's, you know, doing a multi-cam where you shoot every week and being on a, a show for multiple seasons. Some actors, you know, don't want to do something They despise like that. it? Yeah, I mean, some of them want to be taken more seriously, I guess. But, I mean, I think, I think comedy is harder than anything else you can do, and I think people who can just put it on week after week are amazing. Seems like... Uh... Because I went and saw a pilot for the new Odd Couple. Oh yeah. Which was really great. It was. That was at CBS Radford too, right? Yeah. Uh huh. It was. Uh, they it gave was, out free ice cream that day. I didn't get any. Oh well, I'm sorry. I'm gonna have to write in about that. Angry uh, letter. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was cool. They gave everybody sandwiches, and you know. Yeah. They passed things fun. out to. You know, everyone gets hungry and restless after. That's, that happened. So when we just shot the half of it there. It was like a six-hour taping. It was really long. Um, and Skylar Day and her friend um, came and watched the taping. I got them tickets. Nice. And uh, I was texting them in the middle of it, and I was like, how are you guys doing? You okay up there? And she was like, we're just getting really hangry. She was like, the show is so funny, but we like need to eat. Because they had not gotten their sandwiches yet, so I snuck them out of the audience and brought them to the uh, uh, fancy catered backstage area. That's the... Let them gorge themselves on meatballs and cake. That's where I'd be hanging out if yeah. I was working on it. And then a... they passed out the sandwiches to the audience, and we were like, ha, 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 sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> like, if, I've, if I'm on the show and I'm walking into the kitchen, but I'm oh. done, I would literally go into the kitchen and go to catering. Yeah. Oh, continue God. my walk to wherever that is. I have to say, it's probably better that I'm not working on any of that anymore, because for the last two months, I've been eating the, the free catering every day. It's dangerous. Oh, my... It's so dangerous. Yeah. Every morning, it's like, do you want some eggs, some bacon, some tater tots, a fresh bagel, a donut? It's like, God, God get it all the way. But I guess I want it. Like, you know. But it's like, you're taking a tray of the, uh, to the office. Yeah. But now I don't know what to do with myself every morning because I wake up and I'm at home and I'm like, all I have is yogurt. What is this? I know. Where's my chef? I need to go pay for my yeah. eggs and bacon? Unacceptable. <laughs> you don't have a personal chef doing omelets? Yeah. Seriously. That's tough. Yeah, it, life's hard, you know. It is hard. I did, I, you know, I did the touring thing, and there was always right. every morning you there guys was got it. the foods. So it's like, how do you adjust? 
you become almost a uh, child again. It's like mom left for the weekend and, right. you know, you open the fridge and it's very desolate, Thank empty. God my mom's visiting this weekend. She can try and get me back in order. She in town? She, she's in town. What are y'all doing? Are y'all hanging out, doing she's, lots of fun uh, things? She's at her sister's tonight. And then tomorrow night we're going to, you know, go out, get dinner, do some fun stuff. Oh, yeah. Hang out this week. She actually, like, ditching me a lot, which it's fine because my mom visits a lot. But, uh, like, Saturday, she's like, I'm going to have brunch with my friend from high school Saturday morning. I'm just going to take your car. Is that okay? <laughs> I'm like, cool, mom. You know, Saturday night, she and her sister and her sister-in-laws are all going to go out and have, like, a fancy dinner and nice. drinks. And then I'm going to DD them home. <laughs> Did you tell them about Uber? I'm kidding. Yeah. I'm just kidding. No. My mom lives well. She's a, She works hard. She lives well, you know? Oh, yeah. She lives it up. She's a classy woman. Yeah, when's your mom? Has she heard of Uber, Uber Black? I tried to teach my mom Uber, actually. I don't know that she quite picked up on the concept of it. They have helicopters now? You can That's, take a helicopter to stuff? Should we do that for our next podcast? I think we should... Like, just take one and, and experiment and talk about it? I think so. Have you ever been in a helicopter? You know, I haven't. Neither have I. I have not been in hmm. a helicopter. I've never thought about that. I've I'll also be never about been this. in a hot air balloon, which I really want to do. Wouldn't you be freaked out that something would go awry and it would become like a YouTube video? Uh, Sorry, I shouldn't say that. Not That's until terrible. right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm, you know what? I'll take the chance. I'll take the risk. I feel like it would be really magical. Just in the morning, sun, you know, sunrise, yeah. whole spiel. I totally want to do that. That's on my bucket list of things. Do, do you like getting up early? I actually do. Oh. So. No problem. I'm a morning person. If anybody... Uh, Tagging into this episode does hot air ballooning. Yeah, right. Should let like to send me on a free <laughs> ride because they're kind of expensive. I think I'm gonna Uber to the Groundlings tonight. Oh, are you? I think so. I don't know. I mean, are you going to that? Um, I probably won't go to the show because part of being a person who likes getting up early. You gotta go to bed early. I don't like. I mean, that show yeah. like starts at ten, doesn't it? God, I'm the worst. I'm so late. I'm such an asshole. You're an old lady. I, but I'm in my twenties, so let's all be concerned. Um, I was no, I was out really late last night because it was the rap party for the exes, and so I, I don't know if I'll go to a show Ooh. at ten o'clock tonight. How was the rap party? What'd y'all do? It was a lot of fun. They shot the last episode, and then we went to a bar over right here on Ventura called um, something with a C. Cranberries. Mm, not that. Chris's bar and Catalina, grill. No. Something. Anyways, they they did. They had like an open bar. They had karaoke. They had. Oh yeah. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. They didn't. Uh, they 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 weren't ceremony. They didn't it. get cheap on me, Dobson. No. Is that right, Dobson? What, Dobson. What are you trying to? It was another Dennis reference from mm. Jurassic Park. When he sits down with that dude, who uh, when he shows him the little embryo. To hide the embryos in that little shaving cream kit. Are you so fucking pumped for Jurassic World? I am, but I'm kind of like, movies these days have just worn me out a little bit. There's no real mystery behind them. Okay. I don't know. I loved how the original was, you just didn't know really what was going to happen. Right. This one's just all out dinosaurs and I'm, humans I'm, working I'm, with I'm dinosaurs. Pumped. I'm I'm, I'm still excited. I don't, I have no expectations. I'm just, I'm ready. It's like when you're ready to give birth, you know? I There's don't think this it's point. quite like that, Joe, but maybe. No, it's not like, maybe like conceiving, because you'll be enjoying watching what's being thrown at you, so you will accept it, and ideas will be birthed inside the mind, which is almost conceptual. I'm not fully following where we're at now, but okay. Well, I mean, Jurassic Park, or Going Jurassic World. Going with it. 
going with it. No, I'm excited about it. I just, uh, is Jeff, Jeff Goldblum's not in it, so. Uh, no, I mean, it's like an all-new cast. I know. We got Chris Pratt and, uh, what's-her-face, Howard's daughter and, uh. Nick from New Girl. <laughs> I like New Girl. I think it's a good show. Yeah, so you know Jake Johnson who plays Nick on mm-hmm. the show. Yeah, he's in it. Do you uh, do you think it's going to be as good or better than the original? Nothing will ever beat the original. Are you <laughs> fucking kidding me? Stupid question. Ever. I feel embarrassed. Nothing for will me. ever beat it, but you know, it, I think it'll be a lot of fun. I'm excited about it. Anything I always think about, like all these reboots of show of movies, kind of bum me out mm-hmm. to a degree. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's more of what you like, so I, you can't really go wrong. If that makes some, any sense. Yeah, no, it does. I have mixed feelings on it. Sometimes I get excited, and other times I get really angry when I hear they're remaking something. Like how angry? What do you do? Do you like shatter things? Absolutely. In a fit? There's a lot of broken picture frames around my apartment. <laughs> God damn it! Yeah, no. A lot of holes in the wall. Right. Yeah. How dare you make that movie again? <laughs> this was for the second Spider-Man. This was for the second <laughs> Hulk. Uh, this one was the other Godzilla that yeah. they made. No, there's like certain, like for example, there's this movie from the 1930s. It's called The Thin Man. Ooh. Okay. It's called. There's a whole series of them. Actually, they did a whole series of them, the Thin Man series. But the original, the original Thin Man, is this amazing film starring William Powell and Myrna Loy as Nick and Nora Charles. And they're these, like, wise, cracking alcoholic detectives. Ooh. And it's my namesake. That's where my name came from, Nora. And it's one of my favorite movies of all time. And it's perfect in its simplicity, and it's it's very intelligent humor. And it's something that could only be pulled off when it was made. You yeah. Know? And they've talked about, I don't know if they're still doing it, but there was an article about that they're remaking it with Johnny Depp. And I can see where the idea came from, and I can see why they think it would be popular. I'm sure it would be. But to me, it's like such an insult to the original film because you can't remake a film like that because most of what is brilliant about it is from the time period it was made in. Yeah. I guess that's the problem with a lot of remakes is that like you cannot recapture like the magic of, of what something was in the time that it was made, you know? Yeah, there's like a, a whole lot of other things that had to do with what made that successful yeah, of its time. Yeah, and just movies are made so differently now and humor is, is so different now and romantic comedies are not what they used to be. Everything is very like crass and vulgar and in your face and it's like you know it's very obvious and what i love about old movies is that they're very intelligent and they're not Mm -hmm. obvious at all they're simple and that's what makes them so clever you almost feel like you're there with the cameraman just moving around on the theater stage i don't know yeah i don't know i just feel like comedy nowadays is just like shoved in your face like this is funny it's buzzfeed humor that's what i call it there you go and comedy in the olden times you know back in the day there was just this really it's it was smart comedy. You had to pay attention to get it. Mm-hmm. And it's quick and it's sassy and it was fun. And I just, I love that kind of stuff. And, and I don't think people know how to do that anymore. Like 90s movies are freaking insane if you watch them now. Yeah. Everyone was coasting with the uh, American lifestyle. So mm-hmm. all the movies were very kind of, uh, looking back, they become cheesy. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. There's something about them where the humor in them was really <laughs> fucking crazy, I think. Yeah. I don't know. That's I don't just, know. Comedy changes the same way that style changes or music changes. It just it it ebbs and flows as as you know new generations come in. It's interesting. It's weird because there's so much like new web stuff coming into the scene. Yeah. That there is to be like noticed and appreciated. It's a wild um, west. It is a wild west, isn't it? And then it's like like I think like Amy Schumer is like so funny, but she also again it's very crass and it's very in your face. And there's nothing wrong with that, but 
uh, it's a certain type of comedy, and it's not necessarily my type, but I think she's fucking hilarious. Yeah. You know, um, I still love the dynamic duo of, like, Ben Stiller and Owen Wilson. Mm -hmm. They're so funny. Mm -hmm. You know, I like uh, Paul Feig and Judd Apatow and, like, all these directors that are doing lots of interesting and funny stuff now. Did you like the new Arrested Development uh, season? Did I it thought, feel the same to you as the old seasons, or was it? Just it didn't a feel exactly the same, but I actually was very impressed by how back in it they got. It didn't feel too different. Did you ever watch Trailer Park Boys? No, what's that? Oh man, it's hilarious. You gotta check it out at some point. I don't know if you could get through it. It is one of those. It's a show that you just have to like this kind of humor. Mm -hmm. um, but it takes place in Canada, Trailer Park. It's three friends. Bubbles, Julian, and Ricky. Mm -hmm. And Ricky is kind of just this fucking, I don't know what you call it, a fuck up. And uh, then Bubbles is the dude who tries to keep everybody together, but he's got these huge bottle, you know, Coke bottle glasses, real goofy. Um, eyes are bugged out huge. And, uh, and then Julian, he always has a drink in his hand, and he's kind of the dude who comes up with the schemes, but mm -hmm, he mm -hmm. fails. Anyway. Um, is it on Netflix? Where is it? It's on Netflix now. They have the whole season. But it was one of uh, Ellen Page's first things that she acted in. Oh, that's um, interesting. Yeah, it's weird. She was in it at the very beginning as one of the character's daughters. Uh -huh. But then she kind of just went away, obviously. She oh. became... Ellen Page. Ellen Page. That's why we know who she is, by just saying her name. Exactly. Not that girl from blah, blah, blah. We just say Ellen Page. We Even know. though most people listening are probably like, who the hell's that? That girl from Juno, for yep. all of you who don't know. <laughs> just clarify. <laughs> No, no, not not Michael Sarah. No. <laughs> the other one, the shorter one. The other girl from Jane. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. That's, that's terrible. He's listening. Mean. And he's I'm crying sorry, now. Michael Sarah. I like I, him. I think he's cool. He was real funny and this is the end. My sister met him at uh South by Southwest and yeah? apparently wasn't very nice, but That's too bad. Yeah. But I'm sure he's bombarded by people, you know, you yeah, can't I'm go to sure shit he like was that. Just busy, overwhelmed. What's the latest for you right now? Like what are you doing? Like do you have you don't have a team of papes? Nope. I'm really hoping when this Bogdanovich movie comes out, my five lines will woo someone into wanting to represent <laughs> What's Bogdanovich? Oh, Peter Bogdanovich is the director of that movie I was in with Owen Wilson. Nice. And uh, it was supposed to come out next weekend, and they, they pushed the release back to August. Oh. Um, which is weird, because when it comes out in theaters, it'll have been two years since I've shot it. That's insane. I know. It's really weird. Um, here's the thing, Joe. Remarkably, agents and managers just aren't that impressed with me. Why is that? I think you're I hilarious as shit. Well, thank you. But in one meeting, they don't generally, um, you know, I kind of get it. It's like we're we're in a business, and they need to feel like they can make money off of you. And I don't have a ton of wow, credits. Wow, me. <laughs> yeah, I don't have a ton of credits on my resume. And uh, I think it'll help a lot when I get footage from that movie, and I can be like, here's the scene with me and Owen Wilson. But even then, I don't know if that'll do anything for them. It's like people are very into, like, what are your credits? What have you done these days? And quite frankly, I haven't done a whole lot, but I'm trying to. Yeah. So um, that's why I'm really focused on trying to write my pilot that I'm supposed to star in mm -hmm. and find a way to get that made because, you know, it's kind of like that, you know, no parts for you, then write your own part. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. I've had so many meetings in the past with great agents and managers, and every time they all tell me the same thing, which is like, 
you're so wonderful. I really want to keep an eye on you, but you're just not there yet. Yeah. You know, they like they want you to book the stuff on your own first, and then they want to like rep you because they think they'll make money off of you. Oh. And you're like, but how do I book the stuff if you're not helping? Yeah, me? yeah. Like, and if you can't, are you really gonna keep an eye on right? me? Right. It's like the weirdest process, and it's oh. really annoying. But um, I'm trying to just accept it. It's like agents and boyfriends. <laughs> I'm not gonna force them. You know. Hey, don't worry. I I understand. Boyfriends not, can be very difficult to deal with. Uh, I'm not gonna force them. You know. Well, I mean, it's it's all uh, it's all in its right timing because you you almost are. This is just my opinion. You're like this priceless commodity to other people, and it's always just you have to click into the right moment with mm-hmm. the right people, the right teams, and then all of a sudden. Everyone actually sees your capability, and it's so it's so weird how, I don't know, I think it's fucking crazy how that's how it works. Yeah. But I think the more you believe in what you're doing, the more it's actually going to continue to grow and prosper, and, you yeah. know, I, I know that makes, che- no, it sounds I actually, cheesy, but. I agree with that, and I also think, I also think you can't spend too much time trying to hunt it down, if you will. Like, I feel like I've spent plenty of time as a younger actor trying to, you know, send my materials out and get meetings and tell people why they needed to rep me and, you know, why they should want to work with me, whatever. And you become a salesman for yourself. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I read this great article last year that was all, it was written by an agent and it was all about how actors need to stop trying to find an agent because the, the agents and the managers are paying attention. And they were like, if you're out there and you're doing the work and you're doing something interesting, we're going to find you. Yeah. And I kind of loved that example of it because I actually think that's really true it's like everyone should focus left less on like the hustle of like gotta get repped, gotta get auditions, gotta get all this stuff, and like focus more on like what are you capable of? Make something, mm-hmm. do something, and then someone's gonna pay attention. That's easier said than done, obviously, and not everyone has the capability or the means to do that. But yeah. um, I did think it was great advice that it was like focus less on trying to force something and focus more on like what you can do and what you can put out there, and let them find you. It's almost like you burn all this mental energy of thinking about what it is you're even doing, especially mm-hmm. if you meet with all these different agents or, I mean, anybody. It's like in the, even in the music industry, like trying to get gigs, playing for people. It's the exact same as that music industry. freaking yeah. insane. It mm-hmm. is. It's like a talent show almost. Mm-hmm. You, you become just another contestant. And what you know is beyond what anyone that you, I mean, no one's going to see it until you start putting your shit out and people are like, oh. Yeah, it is. You know, it's it's fine and dandy to have a great headshot and, and mail that to an agent. That Glamour shot is what I like, choose. Yeah, right? And be like, here's why you should rep me, but it's more impressive to go shoot something or write something or make something mm-hmm. to show them and say, here's why you should rep me. Yeah, with music too. It's like, Make music and show that. Don't just talk about what you can do. Show them what you can do. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I got really tired of, like, the dog and pony show of trying to get meetings and going to the meetings and having being told that I'm wonderful but that they're not ready to rep me. And it's, like, just rejection after rejection. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know. I'm more focused now on... They um, fucked up. That's what, I'm gonna, that's what I want right? to say. They yeah, fucked up. they did. They fucked up real You passed bit. on Nora. You're an asshole. Yeah. And, no, I'm kidding. Tell that to you're all not. of my exes. Tell that to all of the agents <laughs> and managers. Tell that to everyone that's ever... I just... This town is full of so much rejection. I can't She's even. crying. She's crying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's like, I'm just like... Like, my main goal right now is I want to focus on just doing what I can do. Because, you know, it's like, yes, I want to act, and that's one thing I'm trying to do, but I also want to write, direct, and produce. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to put a lot of emphasis at the moment in 
figuring out how I can segue my way, segue myself into those things. I wonder, like, do do people? I'm sure they do. I don't know why I ask these questions, but I, I just don't know anyone who's doing that. Mm-hmm. But uh, for instance, could you literally write out your own? film reel and just go and shoot all these random shots that look like they could have been a part of another thing, but yeah. they're just scenes yeah. all squashed together as one before. reel. How is that? Like, is there, you know, cause I know with technology now you can make some legit ass shit. It's fine. You, you can do it. But the, the, the key is having someone who knows what they're doing, shoot it and work doing it on good equipment and good sound and whatever, because it's like the challenge comes in making it look professional and sound professional Versus like, you know, a student film or right. a made it at home film. And that generally, unless you just know a lot of people or you're sleeping with a lot of people, that costs money. You know? Which is just, just a tougher road to go. We're, we're, we're having that struggle right now because we want to shoot this concept trailer for our pilot because we're trying to pitch our pilot. And we want to shoot a concept trailer as part of the package. And we really do want it to look very professional. So I've been meeting with different friends and talking to people about that. And we're like... We don't have any money. So it's like, what can you get for no money? And that's where it gets yeah. tricky. You know, you really have to find people that have the quality experience and, and equipment that are willing to do you a favor. Is it something that you would be able to film? Like, would you have to do it here? Or would you be willing to do it? Like, say so you, there was a team in Austin. Where like, hey, we love your, you know, if you were to pitch it to a team of If a uh, team of people in Austin that had cameras, sound equipment, and guys that knew what they were doing wanted to do it in Austin, fucking sure. Yeah. You know, what's harder about that is that, you know, our cast is here and our people are here. It's, mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're not just shooting me. We're shooting five characters. We're shooting multiple scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, so that gets complicated, but, you know. So what is your... Do, can you divulge any information about your character in this show? Yeah. Um, the show is called Single Nora, mm-hmm. and it's loosely based off my own life and experiences of dating and... Um, the trials and tribulations of, of growing up with the idea that true love is the real thing and then <laughs> your adult life being forced onto things like Tinder and <laughs> realizing that it's all a bunch of bullshit. Yeah. Um, but our, our main character, Nora, who's obviously different than me, uh, our pilot finds her. She's engaged to her high school sweetheart, and she's been with the same guy for 10 years. And in the cold open, she discovers that he's gay. Um, she ends up calling off her wedding and she's single for the first time in her adult life. So she's wow. never been single before and she has no idea how it works for our generation, which is a lot of internet sites and, and sexting and Facebook stalking mm-hmm. and, and the communication is just totally fucked because nobody calls each other on the phone. And, oh man. Um, it's so just, a lot of awkwardness. Yeah. And we're trying to, we're trying to dive into what the the modern world of dating is really like for women who are successful and and put together and have a lot going for them, but just cannot fucking get it right. Um, because you know, it's like I love I love the show Girls, but I don't find it super relatable because a lot of the characters on that show are like a total mess. You know, mm-hmm. they can't keep a job, they don't know what they want to do with their life, they can't keep it together. You know, and my writing partner Lisa and I, we were like, we don't really relate to that because we're pretty ambitious women. We're pretty successful women. We mm-hmm. we have our own apartments. We have nice things. We do interesting things. We travel, but like dating is a fucking nightmare. So we're trying to make a show that's um, based around, and that's what how most women I know are. Yeah. So we're trying to make a show that's based around that. So it, it is a nightmare though. It's hard in this in this day. Oh my you god, know? It's awful. We've been tainted by the internet. It, it's it, so awful. I can't tell you how many times. 
Like, I get asked out via Facebook message <laughs> or text or I get broken up with on text. Or Hey, that's freaking badass. I don't get that shit. I get asked <laughs> out on Facebook. Yeah, it's not good. You know, oh, when a guy well, does call me on the phone, I'm like, what's happening? I'm like so baffled by it. <laughs> it's like, it's not supposed to work that way. My palms are sweating. Yeah. What is this? I don't get it. Why, how does this work? You know, it's like, you're like so amazed by it. Yeah, it's just, our, our generation is so different. And when we're all raised with this idea of like, I don't know, princes and fairy tales and Nicholas Sparks and... It's just not the real world at all, and I'm a total romantic, or at least I was growing up, and and so we're just trying to kind of dive into that, and I feel like it's pretty relatable to most people in our generation. So how do you look at uh, how do you look at love now? Like having your own experiences. It is really weird. It's I'm in a weird time right now, and this is all stuff. Every everything I go through in my life will be explored in the show. The show is like it's all based off of my experiences, my writing partner's experiences, whatever. Please, but, um, this has to happen. I want to see this show so bad. I do too, man. Um, but, you know, it's, it's I'm in a weird time right now where I'm invited to like eight weddings in the next year. I oh kid you God. not. My bridge is covered in invitations. Are you going to all of them? Probably not. But... Nora. I'm sorry. How are you going to choose? They're all like fucking far away. I'm going to Costa Rica in a month for a wedding. Oh, you know? damn. That's amazing. I'm going to Portland. I'm going to Boston. I'm going to Palm Springs. I just missed one in South Carolina. Like, why are these weddings everywhere? I'm not made of money yet. Someone buy my TV show. <laughs> maybe I will be. Um, no, but it's like, you know, I'm invited to all these weddings right now. I also have several friends who are getting divorced right now. You know, I know people who are in serious long-term relationships that aren't even sure if they want to get married right now. Like, it's really weird. It's it's being an adult, and I don't know if this is a generational thing or if this is a life thing, but being an adult and looking at relationships and love and marriage and all that stuff is just not ever what I thought it was when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. When I was growing up, I thought, and I grew up in like a very, you know, small, wealthy, you know, happy little town where everybody is married and stays married. And in my opinion, growing up, it was that you... You grow up and you meet someone and you get married and you have kids and you get a house and mm-hmm. that's how it works. You, you get know? a nice salary. And- right? And that's just fucking how it works. <laughs> yeah, guess what? That's not how it works at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's weird. It's just, it's 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 weird. So sometimes I'm jaded and sometimes I'm not. I still like to believe that there is a, you know, perfect match for me out there or as perfect as that can be. But I don't know. It's, it's pretty bizarre. It's bizarre to see couples that I know that... I thought we're so solid that are breaking up right now. It's bizarre to watch couples I know that I'm not so sure about that are getting married right now. Yeah. You know, it's and and you can't predict any of it. So mm-hmm. I don't know. It's kind of like anything else. You kind of just have to hope for the best and go for it because at the end of the day, experiences are experiences. And if you're with someone for 10 years and they're 10 years that you learn and grow and, and, and get things from, even if it ends at the end of that, wasn't it worth it? I mean, definitely, definitely. I, it's so funny because I feel like every time, because I've been single for five fucking years, you know, I've gone on dates and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But before then I was on, these, you know, I had long-term relationships where I was like, this is the one, you know, right. and it was at the time right. I was in my head mentally for so long. And that's I was how there. you should feel if you're with someone long-term. Mm-hmm, definitely. You at least think that they could be. Definitely. I would never waste my time or want to waste somebody else's time. No, it's why, when it comes apart. Why would apart. you stay with someone long term if you didn't think they could be the exactly. one? Absolutely. Yeah. You're just being a dick if you're if yeah. you're just you yeah. know. Do you ever feel like, man, if I get in a relationship, it could potentially pull me from the drive and the amount of speed you're going right now? Yeah, it's actually that's a funny question because I was thinking about this recently because um, I recently had something end with someone I was seeing. And it ended in a similar way to a lot of things out here, which one of the toughest things about dating in L.A. 
is that everyone's here chasing a dream or pursuing something. And I find a lot of the times with guys that I date that it'll be going really well for two, three months. And then all of a sudden they'll be like, I'm so busy. I can't do this. I need to focus on my career. Like I can't be in something serious. Like they just like freak out and, and you're just like, what the fuck? Yeah. You know? And all of a sudden it's like, it's like I'm trying to like ruin their, their career goals or something, which I'm like, I'm not, Yeah. you know, but that's how they act. And and it's always really disappointing to me because I'm like, what the hell? Like, we're both chasing our goals. Can't we do this together mm-hmm. and be partners and and support each other and, and, you know, be there for each other, whatever? That's how I look at it. But I was thinking the other night that since since things ended with this guy that I was seeing, I've had, like, a newfound charge to work on my project. And, mm-hmm. and my energy has been so focused on that. And I've been so intense about it. And I did think that. I was like, man... I wonder if it's a blessing in disguise that I'm very single and that things don't work out because it makes me really determined and really ambitious and really focused on what I'm doing. And I have to wonder if it was working out with one of these guys, if I was just like happy and comfortable, Yeah. would I be trying this hard on my own stuff? Would I be spending this much time writing or this much time trying to produce my trailer or trying to do all this stuff? And so I think that's a good point. You know, it's, it's hard as an artist because the best stuff that I write and create comes when I'm hurting. And I think that's absolutely true for music more than anything. Mm-hmm. You know, you guys, I think that all the time with artists, the best stuff comes from like a really deep emotional place. But on the same page, it's like, I also want to get married and have kids one day. So at what point do you stop going through the turmoils of all that and, and the art that comes with it and, yeah. and settle? I always wonder that for musicians. I'm like, you write these amazing love songs and breakup songs and feeling songs. And then if you get married and have kids, do you still have that in you? Like (laughs) what happens, you know, they all become about, uh, wanting to strangle the children. (laughs) Yeah. But that's, it's such a good question. And I, I was just thinking about that. It's, it is so interesting. I, I, I wonder if I were in a serious relationship and I were really happy if I would be as focused and driven as I am on my own career goals. Yeah. And I get mad sometimes when these guys want to end things because of, you know, like, oh, my career, blah. Like, you know, I'm like, I'm not trying to stop you, but... Did you just grow out a Johnny Depp mustache and you're telling me this right now? <laughs> yeah, but, you know, I kind of get it. We're all here. We're all, we all came here for a reason. We all came here to pursue a career, and I don't know. I guess it, at a certain point you have to wonder where the priorities lie. Jeez, Nora, I, look, I'm just really busy right now. Right? I've got all this shit going yeah. on. They're all trying to pull the fade away, and I just don't realize it. And I'm like, like fuck. Am I hearing clicking? Are you playing video games right now? <laughs> I can hear the clicking in the background. No, I mean, no. you're, you're giving a pretty accurate description. <laughs> Dude, yeah, it's uh, it's insane. Well, I'll say this. If you do, when the show happens, and you are in a deeply impassionate, loving relationship, it will be a little weird. And it, it could be the downfall of your show if you ever get in a real relationship. So whatever. many people have said that to me. They're like, your show is called Single Nora. <laughs> They're like, if you're in a relationship, that show doesn't work. Yeah. I'm like, fuck, okay, so I'm doomed to be alone. Ah, uh, that's terrible. <laughs> As now, I pursue now. my... No, actually, my writing partner feels the opposite way, she thinks. Because part of the joke of writing our show has just been that, like, in general, I have really bad luck with all this stuff, like, with dating and everything. That's what, I mean, that's why the show's funny. Like, all the stories we have are true stories, and... And I just have, like, shit luck with all this. And so my writing partner has a theory that if we make the show, my curse will be broken. Oh, yeah. Like, actually find love. (laughs) She's like, Nora, we have to make the show. We have to put it out there. And, like, that's how you break the curse. Hey, if the show comes together, it'll be the greatest thing. All those other experiences will be everything you needed. 
to the, just to this the pinnacle. mere experience of writing the show and trying to make it, whether we ever get it made or not, has been amazing, and it has made all of my years being single and all of my crappy dating experiences have some kind of meaning to me. Yeah, and and that's sort of fun and exciting. And every time, even now, that something goes wrong with dating. It's like my friends are always like, it's research for the show, whatever, you know, <laughs> and it does. It makes it feel so much better sometimes because yeah. it doesn't make me feel like, oh, man, I'm so unlucky. No, like, I'm so alone. Blah, yeah. blah, blah, <laughs> woe is me. You know, it makes me feel like, OK, well, more material for this project. And whether we ever get it made or not, it's it's been the most remarkable experience to work on. It has, you know, opened up all these doors to me to wanting to write and, and show show produce and, and show run and all these things that I didn't realize I wanted and, and so that's worthwhile. Especially right? if it's rolling, the show's going, it's like a huge success and mm-hmm. you know, multiple seasons and you're still single and you do some dating and maybe you were with somebody for two or three weeks and all of a sudden it just he becomes a dick and all of a sudden mm-hmm. you're like, You fucked up. You fucked up. This is gonna be on my show. <laughs> it's like terrifying now. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, no, so, yeah, I've thought about that. It's like being Taylor Swift, you know? Someone dates oh. her, they know they're going to get a song written about them. I'm like, you date me, generally you're probably going to end up as an episode of Single Nora, whatever. Yeah. People are always like, don't you get lonely? And I'm like, no. I feel like I gain my energy from my alone time, you know? Yeah. Because um, I'm a super social person, and I'm always doing things. Do you have dolls and stuff around the house? Like, no. I do. I put them all away before you come in. Oh, is that what's hiding? I didn't want <laughs> No, I just have my cat. Don't open that closet. I just have my cat and I talk to her a lot, you know, whatever. I can't believe what happened on Game of Thrones. Can you fucking believe it? Don't insult Game of Thrones. I've only gotten through... Don't answer that question. Five just episodes. Stop. Four just episodes. Stop talking. <laughs> don't, don't keep speaking. Nor are we ever going to do this uh, monkey shoulder? The idea was that I would task you mm-hmm. with movies to watch. Or we could even make that TV because as you've said, you don't watch a lot. Television would be huge. There's so much I haven't seen. I thought the idea was then that you would smoke a blunt. I would, yes, definitely. And then you would attempt to relay back the storyline to me. Absolutely. And as somebody who's seen it a million times and knows what it is, I could, you know, then we could analyze from there what you thought happened. Would I be allowed to take notes on on the shows I was watching? Sure. I feel like it would be like the time that I made my mom watch The Lord of the Rings. And I was like, Mom, what was that movie about? And my mom described to me the story of Frito and his <laughs> and his gay fairy friends. Sam Squise Gwumji. It was the story of Frito and his gay fairy friends. And when they were know, Saruman was up on his tower, my mom was just like, Does he need an elevator to get up there? Et cetera, et cetera. That was what it was like watching it with I, I imagine it would be something like that. Does that ever make you uncomfortable watching other people do selfies in public? So so uncomfortable and the invention of the selfie stick is like my worst nightmare it's the worst so i have a season pass to disneyland because i love disneyland more than life it's like my happy place right my season pass just expired oh my god i wish you told me that before it expired we should have gone oh i'll get another one i'll go again what the fuck anyway let's talk about that later but going to disneyland lately it has been like selfie stick mania, and I'm like, why is this happening? And it drives me nuts. I thought it, they banned it now. I selfie wish sticks are not they allowed. would. It makes me so uncomfortable because I'm, I don't know, I, you know, pictures in general, the, the, the way people are these days with like documenting everything we do, I'm guilty of it in some ways. Obviously, I just took your photo. Like, I, I love to sometimes like show what I'm doing or what I'm up to and, and put it up on Instagram or Facebook or whatever and, and just sort of like commemorate whatever fun thing I'm doing. Mm-hmm. But 
I also think there's a lot to be said for just going in and enjoying an experience and taking it in on your own and not needing to like photograph every second yeah. of it. Because it's like, I don't know, the best example I can think of is last, about a year ago, I was in Europe. Um, with my writing partner, Lisa. Nice. I'm also a very good friend. Hey, Lisa. Yeah. Shout out. Because we, we we walked there that day. We were just going to look at the exterior. We assumed the line would be two hours long because that's what we had heard it was. Yeah. Place. We got there and there was no line. And we were like, holy fuck, this is great. Let's go in. So we go inside the Louvre. We were trying to map out our day. You know, we have this many hours to spend here. Which exhibit should we go to? Obviously, we wanted to go by and see the Mona Lisa. Oh, that's yeah. That's like the big one. So we're just enjoying it and taking in all this art. And both of us really enjoy art and museums and culture and all that. And we eventually work our way to the Mona Lisa. It was surrounded by, I'm not kidding you, at least 100 tourists, all of which just had their iPhones out, snapping pictures of the Mona Lisa. And it was the most, like, atrocious thing I'd ever seen, because I was like, hey, what the fuck are you going to do with your weird, small iPhone photo of the Mona Lisa? Exactly. B, enjoy what's around you right now. Like, look at it. Take mm-hmm. it in. Appreciate it. And it's just, I don't, it was so depressing. It was just an, an example of our culture. And it kind of snaps the whole just getting to go into a museum yeah. and stare at something in silence that's, and, and quiet. And that's what's great and, about museums to me is I love, I find it so calming sometimes. Like, I'll even, like I love to put headphones on and listen to music while I do it, but just go to a museum and just like look at art and just examine it and think about it and whatever it is that you do. And that's what we were doing there. We had the most amazing day at the Louvre, except for when we got to the Mona Lisa. It was disgusting. Yeah, it was like We a couldn't even look at the painting. Sharks around a piece of meat. Yeah, and people trying to take their picture in front of it. And I was like, what are you doing? It's a painting. Oh, gosh. Like, you can find a better replica online than taking that picture on your iPhone right now. And I know, it's so sad. And I feel like people do that these days. It's like, you know, going to Disneyland, people are always like, selfie, selfie, I'm on this ride, I'm in this line. And it's like, who fucking cares? <laughs> I'm with Goofy. <laughs> like, just enjoy quick, yourself. Quick. You know, I'm all forgetting, like, a photo comm- to commemorate your day, but, like... People get crazy about it. They need like an app where you can upload your picture in different angles. And then it literally, it will source all the people that have taken a picture with Goofy or the Mona Lisa or whatever, like a selfie picture. anywhere. Yeah. And so it automatically converts your face onto somebody else's body that best matches, you know. It is the end times, I would say, with these selfie sticks. I would, uh, this is what the... The selfie stick, like... This is what the gods talked about. It truly upsets me a lot. Nora. What if what if you meet the man in your dreams and all he wants to do is selfie stick picture you guys? I don't think he's the man in my making dreams. Making out on a beach? If he wants to selfie stick a lot. But at the same time, Joe, these days I've learned to not be so picky. So, <laughs> you know, if a what selfie if you- <laughs> stick is one of the stipulations of being with the perfect guy, then fuck it. Fuck it. But say he has a selfie stick holster. <laughs> Would that be over the line? Would you have to draw a line in the sand? I don't know where I draw, line, draw lines anymore. I really don't. I used to think that I did. I used to be so sure of everything I wanted in these days. But, yeah, I don't know what I want anymore. But then at the same time, you do, you know? It's like sometimes you just get, like, an intuitive sense. Yeah. Like this very, very... I hope he doesn't ever listen to this. This very, very nice man asked me out last night. Oh, and yeah. It was just, like, this sad, awkward thing because I was like, you're so nice, and I have no reason to say no to you. You're really nice and great, but intuitively, I just know you're not it. You you're know? just not ready for it. You know, you just know they're not the right thing for yeah, you. Yeah, it's not working. And so, isn't that interesting? You can be as picky or not picky as you want, but at the end of the day, the intuition is really what tells you. Well, 
to the selfie stick manufacturers. Let's just calm it down. Let's limit like, it to who maybe. Who came up with that? I don't know. It's a stupid idea. Well, I always feel like most people who even have them do the automatic apology, but they know when they bought it, they were like, why am I doing this? They're doing it because they're vain and they're I'm narcissistic <laughs> and they, I'm sorry. Like, I'm just going to say this. Technology has exposed how narcissistic most people actually are. I don't think it was, like, I think people have always been this vain and this self-focused. I think absolutely that's always been true. But with the invention of Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and whatever, it has just given everyone a platform. It's all about the angle. To expose how bad they are. Yeah. And when I have friends that all they do, I've, I've unfollowed people before where all they do is post selfies or pictures of themselves. And I'm like, I don't fucking care. Nora. I'm sorry. I get so just, upset about it. It's like, no, every now and then you want to post a picture of yourself. Wonderful. But there are people that that's all they post. And you're like, get over yourself. <laughs> Guess what? You're the star of your own story, and I'm the star of mine. So I'm in my story. I don't give a fuck about your story. I don't give a fuck that you're posting all these pictures of yourself because I'm focused on me. That's at the end of the day. We're all focused on ourselves. She's got a gun. She's got a gun. All focused on ourselves. So those people that all they want to do is post pictures and picture and picture up to themselves, it's like, cool, at the end of the day, you're the only person that cares that you're doing this. Well, we live in a time where everybody's also having to market themselves. So it becomes like this. You, you almost become a product. Like pe- certain people. I would say it's more artist people. Well, it's I don't know. It's fucked up, man. It's it is fucked, fucked up. up. I can't stand it. There's some weird psychological thing happening. I, mean, I can't get to the stand of this. people I know that they're like so obsessed with themselves that all they do is post pictures of themselves like looking hot or interesting. I'm like, I, no. Right. Once in a while, sure, but no. Would you start a secret Instagram account where it was all selfies of, your, of you with a selfie stick? Would no, you do that? I wouldn't. Why? Because I don't want to be seen in public with a selfie stick, or in private for that matter. If my cat saw me with a selfie stick, I would hate myself. That would be embarrassing for yeah. to see your love, your most loved one yeah. looking back at you with glowing eyes. Penny would judge. She would judge. Penny Cats do Lane judge. Penny would judge. So yeah. much. Cats judged nonstop. Penny Lane's a little bitch. She would, I mean, oh, she would God. really. Nora. Yeah. What if she was listening right now? And what if she's purring She'd be like, you're right, couch? I am. She'd be like, you're absolutely right. She's the best. I'm she's, a total bitch. She is, and she knows it. <laughs> she's fine with it. She goes and takes a shit on your bed? She would never do that to me. She loves me so much. She would never. Aww. But, like, Penny Lane, my cat, is the most beautiful, intelligent creature and she's a huge bitch, and she's totally fine with that. She's like, she's sexy, and she knows it. She doesn't care. Oh, gosh. We got to end this show with Penny Lane. Yeah. That song should just play us out. I, I don't Penny know. Penny Lane. Yeah, yeah. She's yeah. the best. Well, do you want to go get food and uh, yeah. fuck around in Hollywood? Yeah. Until you have to go to bed like an old lady? Shut up. Ah! Look, Joe, I'm going to be 27 next week, but I'm 42 on the inside. Dude, happy early birthday. Thank you. Fuck, cheers again. My Let's birthday's next these. week. How exciting we've, is that? We've uh, basically, well... We've finished a bottle of wine, essentially. But do you think we should finish this bottle of wine before we stop the... Uh, oh, yeah, let's finish uh, it before we whatever. All right. Just okay. so we can say we finished this bottle of cupcake in one podcast. I think oh, that would be kind of... let's do it. Yeah, whatever. We have just a little bit left of this um, witch's blood. Witch's which is brewed. Okay, so tell me this. Yeah. <clears throat> what do you need? This bottle of cupcake. Yeah. This is a... Pretty decent. 2012 red velvet. Is that the one that the... Fucking the... love bowling. <laughs> I do. I really love it. I love it the way lot. you just said that, you were so serious. I, I like I just, bowling too. Are like, you good? Um. Well, here's the thing, Joe. I kick your ass. I took bowling twice in college as a, as a oh. class. 
But bowling to me is like one of those things that like sometimes I'm great at it and sometimes I'm fucking awful. Oh, okay. So well, that's I, okay. Sure, I'm good. Yeah. You have uh, you have good days, you have bad yeah, days. Yeah, let's that's all right. bowl. Isn't that like a metaphor for life? Depends on the weight of the ball and but just kind of the let's, feel. Should we go bowling right now? Should we bag the groundlings and go bowling? I could actually uh, destroy <laughs> some bowling right now. I fucking love bowling. Me too. It's an, it's an enjoyable experience. My fingers love it too. Yeah. Because uh, oh. they get 20 trillion germs on them throughout the night. Yeah, it's kind of gross. So, I know. It is weird to think about. Yeah, but that's like thinking about the germs you get when you travel on an airplane. Like, you just can't think about it. But don't you know, like, a lot of people when they travel, they get really sick. I don't get sick often, so I don't... I don't either. Oh, me neither. Um, I travel a lot. I love to travel. And uh, I try not to think about it too much because some people are like, airplanes, uh. Like, it is kind of creepy when you think about how many mm-hmm. people have sat in that seat... Mm-hmm. farted in that seat. Oh, yeah. It soaks it all in. in. that seat. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's pretty gross, but you kind of can't go there, yeah. you know? Sharted. People shart in those seats, I'm Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. You can't go there. You I mean... You can't go there. You can, but you don't want to, because, uh... It's just going to darken your own mind. I mean, shit. Well, Nora, thanks for hanging, and, uh... Thanks for having me. I can't wait to have you back, and... I will be back. Ship radio or online at entertheelftree.com or else I will find you. You, 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 That's all I got. <laughs> oh my god, I don't even know. I can't even. I wasn't prepared to whoopie Goldberg myself from I'm the sorry. Ghost.